and a mouse keep running, running and 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 running, running Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 415. I'm going to be joined by Jason in just a bit to go through three books, including The Amazing Spider-Man, Black Panther, and the Steve Rogers Cap book. We'll be doing those right after I beg you, or at least ask you or tell you, to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website at weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com where we have reviews of a bunch of the books that we'll even be talking about in this here podcast up there on the website in a written form for those who still like to read. I know that's a lost art. And also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience where you can help us out for everything we do here on the feed and get a ton of other shows as well. One of the ones that I like to stress is the weekly badass Patreon-only spotlight. That's the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh Uh-uh. They get to pick two books from that week's current books, and me and Jason end up having a podcast where we talk about those a little more length in that this week. They picked kind of a horror-themed deal, Carnage number 4 and Ghost Rider number 4. So that is already up there on the feed if you end up signing up. You can listen to that plus a lot of other things right away. And there are a lot. We have a ton of shows, usually about 70 unique podcasts each and every month. And we even add more and more and more. I just ended up doing a uh, indie comics podcast. I just started this week with my man Rocky from the Comic Boom YouTube channel. And that's one of the things that's actually on a regular feed. But I wanted to bring that up. We have a bunch of things and I'm going to have. In our show notes to this podcast, this episode, we will end up having the campsite bio where you can click on that and get all the links to everything weird science. And I apologize if I'm bumbling and stumbling and a rumbling because right now I'm checking the time. It's 2.55 a.m. I'm recording this intro so then I can go and edit the regular podcast. I will probably be doing this till about 4.30 a.m. I have a bunch of things to do. And I, it's not like I like to stay up, and I, I'm already getting a little loopy. So, you, again, I apologize, but just to let you know, you know, we put some hard work into this and end up doing some wacky stuff. So with all of that, though, we're going to go off. Luckily, we ended up, me and Jason, recording earlier in the day. So it's not like I'm going to record, but I do have to edit this stuff. So I better get going, right? The time is a ticking, but I hope you all enjoy the podcast, and I hope you know, you're enjoying some of these books, which I'm starting to maybe like a little more, maybe getting a little sensitive side of me wanting to like them, but I don't fake the funk and I do like them, especially Spider-Man. As you'll see, the first book we're talking about, I'm kind of starting to really dig that what Seb Wells is doing. So check that out and I'll talk to you in a second. All right. And I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. Here we are. Yes, once again. Yes, once again with three books, three pretty big books, I would say, though I don't know about Black Panther. I saw a lot of people every time an issue comes out, a lot of people are complaining about this book. And I I don't know. I always wonder 
what books are for and whatnot. And the idea, even the Spider-Man that we're going to start with, came out almost like it wanted to fight Spider-Man fans. We, we talked about this before, even having a letter in the back. Black Panther, though, I thought maybe this is the type of book, this political type deal that most fans of Black Panther might like. Doesn't seem like they do. And then we yeah, get it's, Captain it's America. It's not political, like, you know, ripped from the headlines, American politics. It's just, no, it's just like political intrigue in Wakanda for their own and I, issues. I thought, like, when I'm reading it, I keep thinking, whoa, this must be for, you know, more big fans of Black Panther who would know more of these, you know, people and locate. But it just, but it, I think, it's, and it's some kind of them, weird. I think, are, are brand new for this yeah, run, I, too. I think that, you know, John Ridley might want to start doing some exciting things. Maybe they have to have a race in there, a rally race, like they're going to end up doing in the Ghost Rider. I don't know, but we'll motorcycles, see it ends up. Motorcycle month. Every, every yes, model book, every the whole month, month motorcycles rally. everywhere. It'd be great. You'd have that. But we are going to start with Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number five. Now, talking about a book that's doing well, the the rankings came out. They don't really have a lot of sales numbers, concrete numbers, but they have the rankings. You yeah, know, which everything is kind in. of extrapolated on like some fairly small number of shops, right? Who may or may not be representatives, but it's it's all we got. I actually, when I read a bunch of things, it seemed like it was more of distribution with those shops as well. So who knows the deal? But with that, The Amazing Spider-Man number one was the number one book two months in a row. And at this point now, all four issues that have come out previously are all in the top 60. And that's only because the number one only fell to 59. So even then, like, I think the number two issue is still in the 20s. Like, this book is doing well. And people, wow. But I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I know that at the beginning, it seemed like people were upset because of Mary Jane all that stuff coming out of an expenses run. I mean, wanting that to is have that one budget. way to get people talking is to get people angry. You know, and, But I haven't heard much since. I hear a lot of people, I always talk about it. I hear a lot more people talking about Moon Knight, which is selling really good, but not this. But you end up having this by Zeb Wells, pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcelo Menez, letters by VCs Joe Carmagna. And I'll give the book something. Me and you are starting to like it more as we have gone on, we were a little confused at the beginning and maybe not loving it. But at this point, I'm kind of digging it. I'm here for, you know, whatever story it is. I still want to know what happened in York, PA. But, you know, we'll yeah, get to this, that. Yeah, this wraps up the first arc, presumably would close the first trade paperback. And, yeah, we get some callbacks to that first issue, some kind of bookend scenes. But we still don't learn anything at all about what the hell happened six months no. ago. No, and why Peter is being people a jerk. People obviously and- in, in scenes where naturally people would say something, they very unnaturally don't. So let's get to it already. Maybe maybe that's the next arc, right? Maybe, maybe the next arc is all about that. And with that, there's that idea, like I said, I, we don't really see Peter being a jerk in the book per se. We see a little. No, he's more of a more of a sad sack. In this six months, he must have been a real jerk. Like he seems to. The big thing that the play is is that you didn't rely. You didn't call me. Like they, everybody's so over the top mad, and it seems like what mm-hmm. what little we got is oh you didn't want to talk to me before. Oh you didn't want my right. help. Well, we don't know if he was a jerk or if there was yeah, some situation he was forced into that makes him know. have to look like a jerk. Yeah, I want to know. We're, we're it's getting a little long in the deal, but I need to know. But yeah, again, the whole the whole first arc, nothing. Yeah, Tombstone and the Rose of the War is over, courtesy of Spider-Man. After holding the wall crawler underground for a few days, Tombstone led Spider-Man to believe his gang was on the cusp of carrying out a massacre while disguised as the Rose and his men. 
Fearing for countless innocent lives, Spider-Man broke free and tore through Tombstone's hideout. And then only discovery can let loose on an unsuspecting rose. It's it's a bad day to be the rose, right? <laughs> it's a very oh, did I do that kind of yeah, moment? Really? Yeah, really. With the rose and his gang officially out of commission, Spider-Man has to deal with the fallout of Tombstone's victory. And there is a bit of a fallout, and it's a weird play here. I did see some people saying that they didn't like the idea that Spider-Man goes to Tombstone. Kind of says, listen, you know, we were teamed up. Let's team up again. You don't really know exactly what's happening and how he's doing that. He obviously doesn't mean it. He's not being seriously like, I just got to team up with with Tombstone. He's he's been a sarcastic a-hole, like we love. And I'm surprised Tombstone just doesn't kill him. I mean, he's there. He's already beat the crap out of him. He's not in, you know, the best of shape right now. And he's just hanging at, at Tombstone's house, kind of making fun of him and whatnot. But I think there's a weird play here because in that, you end up having all the crime, you know, guys, the bosses all get together, as they have. I'm telling you, Crime Master, poor Crime Master, it makes so much fun of him, right in front of his <laughs> face. And he's like, hey, I'm right here. It made me laugh. But they do say, hey, that's a little convenient that Spider-Man was able to take out the rose. And even then, you you know, yeah, but we know the story. But it looks to them like, what, you mm-hmm. get Spider-Man on the payroll. What, are you teaming up with him? And, and this is mad. this is one of those scenes we had an equivalent to this scene back in that first issue where we had, again, the close-ups of all these bad guys. So it's definitely Zeb Wells saying, here, I'm putting a bow on this particular story. Here's how it all kind of mirrors itself. Yeah. And he ends up saying, listen, you know, what happened is Spider-Man came after me. I roughed him up. He went after the... It's a nice way for him to diss the Rose as well. He went after, you know, the other littler fish, the Rose. He was able to take care of them. He's probably frustrated. He probably did that. But it's a weird play then where Peter seems to later like, hey, I'll team up with you. Like, that's not what Doomstone really needs. And it might screw him even if you ended up doing that. Peter's saying you don't want to be seen teamed no. up with me because that'll ruin your rep. But that would ruin Spider-Man's rep oh, just yeah, as much. I mean, just like, you know, Fisk was putting a billboard with his name and Spider-Man on it, right? And that, you know, that meant all the heroes hated Spider-Man because they thought he was working with Fisk. Exactly. It's the same you thing. have that in a lot of things. That's kind of the Shang-Chi that we've been dealing with where he's there oh you're bad they'll go after him and they don't know what's going on but we'll see how that plays out because that really it doesn't really end in anything except peter getting back at tombstone to show him like you're not the only one who can you know ruin things he gets back at him a little but it's it's not close to even right i mean it's he like- ends up ripping through i think he takes down that hole i mean maybe it's just that one shipment but he does some bad he costs him some money yeah Again, though, remember what happened when he cost him money before? I think that this is maybe more than that. The whole thing with Tombstone started when he ended up at those docks getting those, you mm-hmm. know, the gliders. So I think that this is just Spider-Man doing it. But I do like how you see him, you know, progressing to that. He's at this point, he's still a bloody pulp. And he ends up where you go back to his apartment and he's zipping in. You have that guy who's out on the stoop. This guy's annoying. I, I guess he's supposed to be, but seriously, he's just yeah, hanging Bill there. Yeah, collector guy with his, his funny hat. I don't know how this makes economic sense to pay this guy. <laughs> you know, it is like that weird deal. Maybe all it's time. all principle, right? You're like, I don't care, and I don't mean principle <laughs> as the money. I'm talking about like, well, you owe us two million, but I'm going to pay this know. guy five because I want to get. I you. don't. I don't think insurance companies and hospitals work like that. I, I think they're all about the you know the money. By this time, I think they would have sold off that debt to some people that just would constantly be trying to call or text Peter. But you have all this where, you know, Black Black Cat comes by, Felicia comes by to see Peter and like, hey, and and again, you play that deal where everybody who knows Peter knows this dude because he's always hanging. 
But hey, what's up? You see Parker? No, I haven't yeah, you seen again. him. What's going on? You again? And you know, then you see Spider Man because he thinks, oh, he must be up in his room. He's never coming right. out. He's scared. Whatever. We know he's leaving. It's Spider Man. And so does Felicia. So she ends up in like a Batman S deal. Like, does she need that coat? I mean, really? She just boom out of the coat <laughs> and goes up. Yeah, As this like, guy's trying co- to ask collection a date. guy is only thinking two dimensional, right? He thinks oh, yeah. Peter Parker's got to walk in this front door, but Felicia knows, and you can see Spidey swinging up top. She knows who it's really about. Also, this guy's like, "Hey, baby, you want to do?" Like he's trying to pick out. He's boom, goes up, and this is a nice little conversation. We haven't had much of these, but this is where again, like you said, you kind of want to have this, like. Hey, when this happened, and it's not your fault, or hey, when this happened, you were doing this, but you don't get that. You do mention, which threw me off, but you explained it to me, and I do agree. When she says, hey, you haven't been right in the head since the accident with Ben. So that goes back. Yeah, that's just back the beginning and beyond. It was odd for me to have anything mentioned of Ben in this at this point, especially with that big York thing that we don't know. But at this point- Yeah, and that's another thing we haven't seen. We haven't seen uh, Chasm. Yeah, yeah, chasm. You end up where, did John Romita, like, go and say, honey, I'm just saying, can you get out, like, some really awful steaks from from the freezer? Come out, beat the crap oh. out of them, leave them out for three days, because I need to draw Peter's face. Because it's it's awful. Need reference material. Oh, my God. And I thought the weird it's play of this. bloody oh and God. bruised and misshapen, but I, I do like that, you know, Peter got the snot beaten out of him. And it I doesn't just go away, it. right? He 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 heals yeah, a couple times. He heals quickly, but it's not like Deadpool or Wolverine, right? He just kind of heals pretty quickly. So he remains injured this whole issue, and he's injured in a way that even when his mask is on, you see he's got this big old lumpy face. So you can tell, even when he's Spider-Man, that he's really Oh, yeah. Up. He's had some problems. Now, the funny thing is, looking at on my bit of a lower res computer screen here to do our deal... It doesn't look as bad when it's on my tablet. When I was reading it on my tablet, where mm. it, you really have this play. And I, I some things that I do like, I like that he took the time to actually like that one eye is all bloodied up. That That's what happens when you get punched in the eye. If you've yeah. ever been punched in the eye, that's cool. But the blood on his face, the way it is, when you see it on my tablet, at least it looked like his face wasn't just bloody. It looked like he had some crazy disease like some alien disease with the white on the red. Or like a weird birthmark, exactly. like a Mikhail Gorbachev That's what it on his up face. Looking like. And I, I swear to God for a second, because I then I realized, no, I'm being an idiot. I'm thinking to myself, have we seen Peter's face? Because maybe this is what happened. Like he's just, I'm not an animal. Like he's running around. <laughs> but I'm like, no, we saw this. This is just him. He got beat up. But Jesus, crime and he plus. I know that may be professional courtesy, but please, Black Cat, look at him. He is, I mean, destroyed. And she's just like, hey, what's up there, champ? Like he had some problems in the head after <laughs> Hey, ben. buddy, how's hey, it going? Hey, when you get your smile back. I'm like, that panel when she says, you find your smile of yours, give me a call. When he's in the, I, who is that? I mean, this is like, and also as she should say like. Yeah, it looks, it's a very Rocky Balboa at the end of Rocky, yeah. Or Rocky from Mask. I mean, let's just go Rocky. <laughs> it's like that. So you end up where she's saying that. And I'm at least give him like something to wipe off his face. It's so bad. It's over the top bad. He does. Ooh. She does give him some advice that you know, stop playing hurt, start playing smart. You're at your best when you're having fun, which is a very spidey thing, right? When he's quipping, when he's being clever, when he's you know being lighthearted. 
that's when he's at his best. And he does seem to take that to heart. Yeah, he does. And he actually, it's funny. She's like, maybe I'll let you chase me around a bit when you get the smile. And he does smile after this. I'm like, is she coming back now? But he still looks horrific. So she's got to wait till he heals. But then again, it's almost like the idea that Black Cat. put the mask back yeah, on. Yeah, Black Cat. Really, that'd be funny. Put that mask on there, please. Uh, you know, I just <laughs> want to see Spider-Man. Have, have, have Deadpool show up and say, oh, buddy, you're looking bad. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I know where I, I've been there. Here you go. But it's funny because Felicia is kind of talking almost like the fans through the deal. Like, we do want. The, the fun Spider-Man. We do want to have that. And we have gotten a bit of that, but now he's gotten the crap kicked out of him and whatnot. And he has revenge on his mind. I really think that this play with Zeb Wells is that there's Peter who wants to not just get back at Tim, but he wants to show Tim some, listen, I'm clever like you. I could do nonsense too. Again, this is a mirror of an earlier scene. We saw that one scene where he was going to get up and go to this job interview, right? And then he just, he didn't have the energy, didn't have it in him. He just didn't go. But we see now he's he's back at it, right? He gets his coffee. He's out on his job, which is not a real job, but it's a spider job. We see collections guy at six in the morning is already out there. This guy doesn't give up. My God, seriously, I wanna I wanna hire him. I I don't know what for, but seriously, the the idea I think the play is and Zeb Wells is doing that when Peter is doing Peter and Spider Man things. He likes it. He's having fun. That's where he would be inspired. He doesn't want to go get a, another job, some other place, whatever. This is what he wants to do. And now, again, you're going to have to pay the bills, especially with that collection guy there. Maybe that's the play, too. It's almost like that idea of, well, if I'm going to have to pay all these and you're going to like take things out of my paycheck, why work at all? I mean, really, yeah, I'm just right. going to be giving it to you. I've, I've had a lot of people tell me that in ways before, after a divorce and things. I'm like, that's not yeah, how once, it goes Once you get there. to a certain level of debt, it's hard yeah, to- Yeah, yeah, you're like, why get inspired? to feel like you're really making progress. Like, you yeah, would hope that people would want to like, okay, I'm going to work this up. It's going to take me 20 years. No, no. But he goes off and you end up having Digger, who had the funny play. Digger is fun in this book. He's I'm in, getting I'm, an ice cream. I don't know much about Digger coming into this, but I'm liking Digger. Because we asked that last issue, like- Where is Spidey he? Spidey was cutting through the roses, man, like hot butter. And yeah. People are yelling, where's Digger? Where's Digger? And I was wondering, you know, did did Tombstone send him away somewhere? Was it part of a trick? No, it seems like Digger just was was busy. He had other stuff to do. He's getting ice cream. And on the way back, around. he's stopping for ice cream. He's just there. Nothing bothered him. He's just doing his deal. But and now, now he's scared because he knows he wasn't around when the Rose needed him. What does this mean for his, you know, employment going forward? So now he's really motivated to be to be seen working hard on his boss's behalf. That he's hiding, and Spider Man gives him the idea, like, yeah, you, I can. Fix you up. And I like this because it's like the opposite deal where we had Tombstone playing that. Now Peter's doing that where he does find them. And you get a little fight here, which is kind of funny. I do like, again, like you said, Digger, he's funny because this guy that he's with kind of gets zipped away by Peter. And Peter even says, listen, the weirdos have to talk here. You're just a thing. And then you have Digger go, hey, that's my friend. And all of his personalities start arguing. And I like even the way the art goes with John Romita Jr. with like, He's not our friend. He's a stooge. No, he's our friend. Well, what's his name? I don't know. It's very two-face, right? He's got, except he's, he's what, 13 faces? Yeah, 13 How many faces, I believe. And in he's my mind, face. I'm waiting for a bunch of his different personalities to go, nah, 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 and go, boing, and get him. <laughs> I mean, it really felt like the three stooges there. Every time there. He, he needs to make a decision, he rolls a 13-sided <laughs> die. You, That's what happens. There you go. And it's, it's your turn. But yeah, he ends up where... Spider-Man says, listen, I understand your problem here, and I think that. And actually, as he comes in, he says, hey, I need to talk to the intelligent one here because I'm going to use big words when we make this plan, but I have a plan to help you out and maybe make things right for you. And basically, it is just to be seen. 
It's just to be seen doing something to try to get back, get, you know, do something for the rose so that the rose can hear because he says. Right. It's it's like if your 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 wife's mad at you, you want to not only oh, mow the, the worst, lawn, right? you want to mow the lawn like when she sees you doing it and see how hard you're sweating and working. Oh, look, I'm doing my thing. I, I was going worse. It's like when you're, you know, you're walking down the street with your wife yeah, or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And somebody says something to them and you're like, yeah, that's nothing. But then you look at, you know, you have the Will Smith, you know, deal there with hang on. <laughs> Crap, I got to do something Uh-oh. now. What am I going to do, Chris Rock? But yeah, you have that play where he just needs to be seen. To, and he is hilarious when he does because all this oh, he's play the best, yeah. is that Spider-Man finds out where there's the shipment. He's going to get Digger to go take care of it, take it down. And Digger's screaming in the middle. I mean, he is like. Everybody, are you listening to me? You got to tell the Rose that I was beating you up. I mean, he's so (laughs) over the top with it, which is funny. But at that point that this is happening, Peter has gone to hang out with Tombstone, which kind of threw me off a bit. And again, it's not a bad scene. It just really surprised me. This is his house off on Long Island because his his one in town got blowed up. We see his cat, the cat that he saved when his house got blown up. Remember, that's all he cared about. And you end Mm -hmm. up having Robbie, Randy, and Janice. They end up leaving. There's a little interplay with that, that you see that Robbie is not so happy about what happened with that yeah, kidnapping. I mean, he was playing it nice in front of the kids. They just announced their engagement, right? You don't want to get kidnapping discussion mixed into engagement just discussion. Just weird it's, it's when gauche. you did that, because remember they came in and I we did thought we thought it was a weird play because we thought there was going to be more nefarious. And it's like, hey, there's Robbie toasting. So, yeah, I guess he was playing it up because here, though, with the kids there in the car, he yells out. I don't know if kidnapping is something I'd misunderstand. It's it's weird, but you have to do that so you know that Robbie's Zeb, not Zeb down Wells with it. Is trying to play it both ways. Yeah, and I you're mean, going we, we with it. Uh, Robbie does not. They're still not friends. I mean, they aren't, and they end up. And we played this throughout uh, in the past as well. So Spidey's there, and I I do like this. It's this idea of like playing these games against each other, and who's the master, and who's this, and you know, Spidey says, "Listen, you're right. You won." I give up. You won. Hey, how about I team up and does mention, like, what would people think of that? I think he's digging in, like you said. But then he's like, you know, it it was kind of weird. I was leaving, like, this place, and I saw the Roses guys. They were going to take down, like, this whole shipment of yours. I didn't know if I was on your team. I I, Is this a team up? Because I didn't know. So I just let it (laughs) go so I I could talk to you. Am I on retainer Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And, like, yeah, that call you just, yeah, that's about that. He goes, and Rabbit ends up calling. And I, I like that. And it's a very cinematic deal. Like everything's real quiet and cut. You end up having Tombstone. He's pouring a drink. He's drinking some wine. Oh, I got to get this call. Oh, my God. Oh, crap. It's like we are. We're done. She starts yelling. <laughs> yeah. And then you see Digger and he's he's hilarious. I mean, I already said it. he's like, you tell everyone Digger was here. You got it. You were listening. Tell everybody, including the Rose. I was here. He's yelling. And that that's a pretty funny play. And this shows, you know, Tombstone. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because it seems like he's like, it's fun to him. Like, okay, this is a game. I did use Spider-Man to do the stuff I needed to do. Hey, he got back to me. He's kind of cool, whatever. Until that weird spot. part of the game. Was it a weird play when Peter goes, listen, that stuff you said when you were a kid, you didn't get everything. I feel bad for you. You should have gotten some stuff. And I really do. I really feel bad. It's it's Spidey showing that he actually does care about what happened to him. So not like he's going to let him get away with anything now, but yeah, I, I do feel bad for that kid. And then we get, we get this line. Remember way, way back in issue one, he, Peter Parker was in his limo and he said, you're a weird dude. Get out of my car. 
Now he says to, to Spidey, not knowing he's the same guy, you're a weird dude. Get out of my house. He goes back and has dinner with Aunt May. And Aunt May's happy, says, hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to have you back. And then you have this that is the, the dinner end. that she invited him to way back where she first told him how disappointed she was. Yeah. In him. And, and it's funny because he goes there. He's all beat up. Right. And then all of a sudden he probably says, well, when did I get a dinner with Dr. Zayas? I mean, she, she looks like <laughs> it, she's it right from exactly the planet like, of the apes yeah. of Dr. Sayas. I have that in my notes. Planet of the apes. <laughs> Doesn't it look like Dr. One thousand percent. She's glad that you she's thought that as well. Yeah, she's there. All of a sudden, Peter's like, "Damn you! It's it's our Earth!" He's screaming because they are in New York, so you can see all the stuff. Oh my goodness! It all wraps up. But yeah, so it's nice, and this is what we needed. We. I think that this is the win that I wanted everybody to get the Spider-Man fans that have gone through a lot of crap. And I'm not just saying bad stories. I'm just saying Peter has got the crap kicked out of him for a long, long time. And it's nice to see him recover and starting to do that. Felicia kind of getting inspired to do it as well. And that might be the play. I mean, is that the kind of the play of a lot of writers do it? It drives me nuts sometimes of, hey, I'm going to really beat the crap out of a character to then get him back to the status quo. But the status quo now feels like I've done some great things, but this doesn't feel like deconstruction of a character. That's usually what I don't like of that. This just feels like he's reminded yeah, who he is and he has some problems. We don't know what it is. I wish we did, but we don't. And so, yeah, there they go. And yeah, it seems nice. And you get that ending little spider deal there. And so I, I like, yeah, it, it doesn't bring him back to, you know, back to the top, but he's like pointed in the right direction now. Yeah. And he ended up being able to, you know, kind of get, tombstone but like he's starting to get except yeah. even seeing him get up early and go out as spider-man that seems to be a little different too so he's starting to get things going and getting it back to normal the big play though is you know what's up with mary jane that, that is a big thing that's still hanging but we don't even have it i'm glad the way that you do this you're more focusing on peter getting back to you know being happy or whatever we don't need the mary jane stuff we'll get to that Hopefully soon, and what happened in New York and all that. Well, so. I mean, next issue is the big legacy number 900. Yeah, it is. So we're going to have, and look at that. That's like, supposed to be some sort of big change to the status quo. And after that, it looks like we're getting into the uh, the goblin-related arc. Yeah, Norman so we'll see what's stuff. going on. So what would you give this? This was pretty good. I, I thought the, some, of the, some of the drawing was just way too weird. Your, your Aunt May and, and some of the horrific beating up <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I don't think that the revenge against Tombstone was quite as clever as Zeb Wells wanted me to think it was. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. I'm going to give this I'll, – I'll give this an 8 out of 10. Yep. I'm going to give it an 8.3, a little bit more positive than you. But with that, let's move on to the next book, which is what? This is Black Panther number 7, The Long Shadow, book 7. Written by John Ridley, art by Stefano Landini, colors by Matt Miller, letters by VCs Joe Sabino. While King T'Challa was off-planet, Wakanda transformed to a parliamentary democracy. T'Challa reluctantly accepted the new governance until a mysterious group started targeting his personal network of sleeper agents, starting with the murder of his best friend, Jai. Now, with the help of Shuri and Jai's partner, Omolola, T'Challa is racing to uncover the assassins before he loses anyone else. Except we kind of stopped doing that. That's yeah, right. yeah. Their investigations pointed to Achille, the leader of Wakanda's secret police. But when Achille brought to light some of T'Challa's political secrets, T'Challa himself became the prime suspect. Forced to relinquish the mantle of Black Panther, the once king found himself a fugitive, fleeing from his country in order to prove his innocence. Fortunately, T'Challa hasn't alienated all of his allies. Despite her own anger, T'Challa's storm came to his end. 
his aid against the Hatut Zaraze as they hunted him down with orders to kill. And Shuri and Omolola called on the Dora Malahi. Boy, a lot of names in this. I know. Though they come with misgivings of their own. And boom goes And that is a whole that's a whole lot of nonsense. Say, that, there. that is a whole lot of boring nonsense. You know, what when we do these recaps, I like to look for well, the first part doesn't <laughs> matter. We can cut off this paragraph, but I, I, I had to read the whole damn thing. I skipped the, the beginning of the amazing Spider-Man where they say, Yeah, something happened, whatever. We all know that. So we get to what is the okay, what are we doing the here and now? And the problem is this book is so it's lingering the around first, things. The first part of this arc where we saw Jai getting murdered and there's this weird group of assassins and, oh, we have this secret group of people. He's sitting around the world. We're kind of going from place to place, rescuing. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I didn't mind that. And now once we got back to Wakanda and we're mired in the who's plotting against whom and, oh, it's a democracy and who is T'Challa for and he's apologizing for everything. He also- he wants to be in charge, but he doesn't. I just, I'm having trouble caring about this. I have a problem caring about T'Challa. And I, I just, it's weird. You get into this Black Panther book, and whether or not you read Tennessee Coates' run before that, I did not. I ended up dropping that. Me either. But going into this, I, I like to have my heroes. Yeah, there's times when you're going to have problems, and there's times that they're not going to be the greatest of guys, gals, or whatever. But I need to be behind them. I need to want to read about them. And you said earlier, this isn't from the front pages news, you know, kind of politics, but it's made up politics that I don't care about. That's my biggest problem. I, it I don't have a connection. It kind of reminds me of that Aquaman endless saga where it was, you know, he was on the outside. He wasn't really Aquaman anymore. And somebody else was in charge of Atlantis and scheming against each other. And it was okay for a little while, but then it just kept on going. And I hope, I hope this wraps up. Yeah, and it seems to be like next next issue is supposed to be the the conclusion. But how could it be? We haven't really done much in this idea of okay, we're going to be a democracy. Like nothing was really as spelled out or developed as I think John Ridley yeah, at, thought at it was. One place here, they kind of. T'Challa, I think, just says, "Oh, it was Achille, obviously, as we all know now, who killed Jai." Yeah. I don't think we knew yeah, that. Yeah, I Did think we know that, that? that was just he ended up like revealing that. But even we then, knew that there was a connection, like the communication yeah. going back into Wakanda, but we didn't know it was Achilles because I thought previously that maybe the prime minister was really the bad guy. Yeah, that's what using we thought. this prince. Like I thought Achilles was the principled pro Wakanda guy, but now no, no, no. Yeah, the prime minister, she's on the he's, up and she's up. She's now seems. on the outs with Achilles, or at, yeah. least, at least better than Achilles. She now sees that he's the one scheming for power and using this as an excuse to kind of go into like military rule. She, yeah, she makes this, this broadcast to all of Wakanda saying, she doesn't mention Achilles by name, but says, you know, bad men are plotting to take away your yeah, freedoms. We need your and help. And you should rise up. And they are going to take control of this democracy that she was voted in. But the problem I have is, is that by the end of this, you finally do see some villages, but we haven't before. So when did we get in these seven issues, or at least the six up to now, what does the average Wakandan think of the democracy? What does the average Wakandan think of Black Panther not being the king? What, what do they think of him? You finally get it in this where you get this one village, and these are these places that are like off the grid, the mute zone. And where is this? 
It looks like maybe it's right outside the capital city because they walk back and forth. So one guy just walks in and out. I, I don't get it. But but then as you're about to have the prime minister just get slaughtered, you have this Tosin come in. Right. Who was that character we saw in that little flash forward story from the... No, that's just of that, that uh, legacy number, whatever the round number was. And this is exactly that scene, exactly the line he said in that book. I am Tosin and I fight for the one true Wakanda. And he's got all the vibranium kind of in his body and kind of these streaks around him. And he ends up beating up all these Hatu Zaraze dudes. Yep, he beats the crap out of him, saves him, takes him back to his mute village, you know, this village that's off the grid, the mute zone. And in the meantime, you do have, you know, Black Panther. And this scene is just blah, blah, blah. And it's just, he's... It, it makes me not like Black Panther because first he starts off saying, oh, yeah, you you serve Wakanda. I am Wakanda. Like, like you better do what I say. But in like 12 seconds later, he's groveling on well, the ground like saying, I'm so sorry. At the one like, point they tell him, like, I think it's Omolola or maybe Shuri. I'm telling you, I got lost in any of the things. Like, hey, you got to be done with that IB King nonsense. Nobody wants. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, I don't want to be. It's so weird. This whole play, and it just takes too long. His characterization is just up and down so much. I don't really know who he is. I, I think he's on Soloff. That's what it like is. Him. He really doesn't care. He's just like, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm king. Oh, I'm not okay. And it just feels weird. Like, Achille being the bad, like, there's not even any reaction to that. Like, yeah, he's mad about Jai, but he doesn't really like Achille. Like, this is my butt. Like, what's going on? And then Shiri's just sent back to the Capitol, and I'll tell you, I'm a dummy. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Black Panther fan that knows all the ins and outs of it, but suddenly it seemed like in this chapter, because you're going to introduce, you're you're giving place names. Like you said, even at the beginning, when we had all those names, it, it starts to overwhelm me. And now we're there, we're going here, we're going there, and it didn't mean much to me, except that Shuri's going to go, she can get, like, everything's like, she can get through the shield, but then she's got to do this, but then she gets taken down, then Tosin comes. She can go right through the shield, so why doesn't she just let them in well, through the shield? Well, she says, the problem is she says that, and I don't know why or what she says. If I go through and let all of us in, they'll know it's an attack, so they'll come and get us. I can slip in, and she says, I can get a bird in, which means her, but she says, I'll go in, I'll see what's going on, I'll do some sort of community. I don't even know, I'm going to shut down, because they you know, end up the uh, the Hotes of Zarazi end up going big tech. I'll shut that down. And then I'll call you in. Uh, this plan is so convoluted. And then she gets caught anyway. They were waiting for her just so Tosin can stop. And seriously, if somebody tells me that it doesn't feel like Tosin says, hey, I'm going to take you to my secret village and turns right at the next corner and it's there. It's right there. Right? It's, it's right you know, it's, there. It's a half block that way. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, it's over there. Oh, man, this is cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm living vibranium. Oh, my God, I can't do that. That's, uh, you know, my science. Sometimes it's not science. And at that point, I'm like, boy, this has to change. Me and you have been very supportive of this book and trying to keep going with it. But, boy, it's a slog with the T'Challa stuff, which is bad there. But also just this other stuff is just thrown at you and you don't really have any. I don't have a, a horse in the race here. I don't really care for any of them. I just like to tell her to do some Black Panther yeah, stuff I, now. I, exactly. That's again the thing I have. Like, I want him to do Black Panther stuff and not just whatever this is. And then it's even like mentions. Oh, and everything takes too long. Oh, what are you going to do? Call the Avengers? What would they say? I don't know. I'm not going to call them because they wouldn't help. Right. And I'm like, what did you just do here? I love Shuri. Shuri's one of my favorite characters in the Black Panther deal. 
And I'd like, you know, you have that bit where, oh, you don't have, you know, you can't transform, so you're just an ordinary person. I'm never in a, that's cool. But then she gets saved by Toast. But yeah, I mean, that's exactly what Storm always says. When she gets her powers taken away, oh, I'm still dangerous without my powers. Yeah, it's the exact same deal. Everything just seems very generic. It seems like, in my mind, John Ridley wanted to set up this long form political intrigue, and it wasn't really. He didn't set up the basis of it. It's a foundation of sense. So when we get to the big parts here, just kind of thrown at you, and I didn't really care too much. I just want yeah, to get out of this. It's hard to know this. who the players are yeah, I just or, want to get or why out we of should this. like and any of them better. Even at the one point, you, you're trying to give these feels or at least have this like really good conversation with T'Challa and Storm. She's like, listen, I can understand, but I'll never forgive you, my love. I'm like, get out of here. Go back to Mars. I want to <laughs> see Black Panther do Black Panther things. But what is going to happen at the end of this? Because he keeps, like you said, groveling, like, I'll never be king. I'll never be king. That's fine, but I want to see then what it is. And that didn't work out for Aquaman to this day. They never can really, you know, kind of figure out. And this does feel a lot like Aquaman. And once he wasn't king, like, what do you have then? What are you going to do? So we'll see. But by the end, they're going to take it to the streets because Tosin and his village, they've joined up. Yeah, I, I guess next time's a big climactic battle out of kind of nowhere, right? So we got that coming next. So next it's going to end the long shadow, the too long shadow, if you ask me. And then after that, so when I read uh, uh, Gabe's review, I, I thought he was saying that Matt Ridley, or John Ridley, excuse me, is done after, book, no, after issue just, eight. But it no, it keeps going. Seem, no. And in issue number nine, it starts a new new arc called Range Wars Part One. And he's back with the Avengers. But the new bad guy seems to be a galactic interloper called the Colonialist. Mm, here we go. Which makes me... Uh, Makes me kind of close my eyes and cringe. Oh my goodness oh, no. gracious! What would you give this? This book, it's kind of a wreck. I mean, I it's nothing going on that I'm really interested in. If I I don't know who the sides are, I don't know what the implications are for the regular Wakandans. I just want T'Challa out and fighting some bad guys, and not bad guys like political stuff. So I'm going to give this a five point eight. I'm out giving of it a straight five. Uh, yeah, I I want you know T'Challa going out doing. Black Panther things using some Shiri tech. We call talks yeah. in the earpiece. Be, being smart, being tough, kicking rear end. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, remember this whole thing hero. starts, and why is this? And this is why we were talking, and what I said about the Spider-Man deal, where you have Zeb Wells comes in, and we're confused. Yeah, something bad happened. Oh, people, but it, it didn't feel like that was just like, oh my god, what happened? It wasn't deconstruction. This is like deconstruction of a character. Of all of a sudden, we find out. Get this, T'Challa. He can't be trusted. I'm telling you, from the moment that he said that, you know, I'll kill those Avengers. Like, it was like, you don't get this character, do you? And I think that the play here is to try to be political, to cover up with not having a – there's no story really here in my mind that's intriguing or anything that, you know, I want to continue on a comic book. And I think that maybe that's something that is kind of – I mean, Tennessee Coates kind of got with that with the intergalactic empire. But Maybe people have to, it's ripe for a time to somebody to come in and write a Black Panther book that's just fun. Like almost like we said about the Moon Knight book or over at DC, the Nightwing book. For sure. It might be time sure. to have somebody and somebody might get very lucky where they come in and just have a nice story that celebrates the We don't need to break new ground. We don't need to add all these new complicated wrinkles to the character and the backstory. And I, I get told that I'm just miserable all the time and whatnot and Not whatever, me. but Fair enough. there's nothing... That is cooler if you like a character to read the book with your character, you know, the solo book, you have a black pen, 
to then be able to say to people, other people, listen, you want to know why I love Black Panther? Read this. Read this book. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And now me and you can both talk about it. We're going to be, you're going to be a fan. What would you do with this? Like, hey, you like the politics that you don't understand and don't really care because (laughs) it's not real anyway. But even though it's, it's just, hey, how about that? And I don't know who this is for, but we're going to go to the next deal, which is a a character in a book that I've really wanted to enjoy for a long time. I lost my mind the last issue of this. And uh, (laughs) but I think I've regained my mind a little. I like this. I like this issue a little more. It's Captain America. Sentinel of Liberty, number two. We'll say it every time. I'll never remember those. This is the Steve book. That's what I say. And so when you get this. It's still, in my mind, it's a little forced. I don't know. It's such a weird play. I don't know that I like the concept of what's going on. I think it's forced at times, but there are points in this where I'm like, okay, that's like I just said with Black Panther. We kind of get yeah. some Steve Rogers, there's, nice there's a things and whatnot. Of odd coincidences. There are just some to really, make the story I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, there's some weird things, and you know, whatever. But <laughs> written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Carmen Canaro. DC's Joe Caramagna, colors by Nolan Woodard, and yeah, BC's Joe Caramagna's letters. Uh, Steve Rogers uncovered a radio cipher describing an attack on New York City on the 4th of July. He and Bucky successfully halted the attack, but could not save the attacker, a young man posing as Captain America's old ally, the destroyer from an untimely demise at the hands of a shadowy employer. Before his death, the false destroyer gave Steve one clue, that Captain America's shield has a different, perhaps more sinister, maybe even alien, doesn't say that, oh, but it's so God. weird. But Maybe. meaning that Steve knows. Uh, meanwhile, Bucky's own history seems to be wrapped up in the mystery as well. I'll tell you the stuff that saves this fully for me. I really like that. And with Bucky and the reveal at the end, I thought was really cool. And I want more Bucky. In, it's weird in his the, cat book. The but. end made me fall into a, a wiki <laughs> fandom hole for like forty-five minutes, tracing down what's like, going holy on. Holy uh, But. With this idea, and I'll say it, and I'll probably say it every time unless they convince me otherwise, the idea that Steve says and heard, this, the shield isn't your symbol, it's theirs. The problem I have is every bit of that symbol of what Steve Rogers, Captain America, is with that shield, he has made since the minute he got that. I don't think that a star with a bunch of round things, even if I find out, oh, that's alien tech, and on that planet... That's alien Hitler. I can only imagine that's the, the deal. I mean, the symbol is red and white stripes, a blue field, and a white star. I mean, that symbolism has some other connections, yeah, right? Yeah, And even if it didn't, so, he made those connections himself with it. He's Captain right. America. But this is, this is a very comic booky thing we've heard before, that everything you thought you knew, oh, there's this secret shadowy organization that's been running things behind the scenes, and you didn't know it the whole time. My My- problem though still with that i don't mind that actually and it it is a little over the top i mean what we find out in this but the idea that they're saying you know get this cap 80 years that you've been using that symbol and people have been you know inspired by it and and yeah using the ice up points but still you end up having that it doesn't mean anything because you but this isn't something like me and you walking down the streets in new york end up we'd see this symbol you know, of that, which is just like you said, red, white, and blue, and a star, and we're going to go, oh, man, Cap, what do you like those stinking aliens? This is not quite like the <laughs> idea of evil Steve Rogers, where I hate his face. Oh, my God, he's the evil Steve. Like, that's huge. This idea of a shield, I mean, really? It's it's odd. And you do end up, like you said, a lot of the people want to have this, well, 
I, we get on a book, Lansing and Kelly want to do something different. They're trying to figure out. Eventually, you start running out of good ideas, yeah, it's, and it's you just like throw a quarter shit of the out owls, there. sort of. It's like a quarter of the owls crossed with the eternal. To me, maybe. it's also what we get all the time. You write Thor. Oh my God, you didn't know this about the hammer. That we ended up yeah. finding out the hammer yeah. was a moon rock. Oru was that, and that Moon Knight can like that's what this feels like. And people lost their mind with that. But you end up where Steve's going. And he's, you know, they're talking about these ciphers and this whole deal. I, I didn't think that that was the greatest of things in the beginning, but you know, they're there, they're retired, they don't have a lot of things to do. They're yeah, listening in their company. Con- they they're connect connecting some of these and figuring out. Oh my God, this is huge, Steve. I've never seen an organization with this much, uh, you know, of a grasp of things and going. And we got to figure this out. And this is going to be something. And then they get to the one where it's machine secure the forge. You know, move oh one one. And they can't figure that out. That's yeah. The these big messages play. are coming from, or at least the initial title of each of them is: we have power, we have money, we have love, we have revolution, and we have machine. And we'll find out at so, the end that these right, what these, these kind these come of are. Back. Yeah. So when you have that, they're figuring out like I can't can't make hide or hair out of this. Secure the force. It's almost here. like that uh, chess by mail, right? We have to like write down what your move is and, and send it to the other player. You end up and you're going to get some of the things, you know, at least they didn't ditch them. There's things that you liked a little more than me, like his new friends. And you end up where he's having some drinks yeah, with him. Again, and that's we, okay. we get the juxtaposition of his old friends and his new friends. Yeah, so you get the new and they're friends. they're helpful in their own way. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been having some. I think he's being a little loose-lipped with some of these things. These, in my mind, these are Captain America things, right? You don't know these people, Steve, and you, they could be the bad guy. Like, hey, I know this they guy. Might, they might all be scrolls. Who the hell knows? Yeah, we, we were drawing things together. Look at this guy. He's got the cap on, looks like a newsie. Why not? So he's like, man, I've been having <laughs> problems. The and he's like, by the way, you know that guy that ended up dying in my arms and he kind of like, you know, secret agent type blow up? I don't know. He said something about my shield, and I don't know if I have the symbol of my shield. What it means. I don't know even who made it. Okay, there's a, you get old, you know, <laughs> Patty McGee here, and he goes, Oh, let me see, because somehow yeah, you didn't he know this. <laughs> he doesn't quite Google it because he, he meant, he get lets on like, Oh, he has access, he has access to all these other databases, which I don't know if they're supposed to be public. That's the weird thing, though. It's again, Steve is saying too much of his stuff. Then this guy, like, I'm just going to go and Patty McGee, this guy. Oh, I'll get you the info. I can't do an Irish accent. <laughs> oh, there, love. I'll get you the information. I can go in because I'm allowed to go in these databases that nobody's allowed to go. And I go, okay, here it is. We found it. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve, again, what I, what I find funny in this throughout is that he's not relying on anybody. And you could always say in these solo books they're not going to. But this is a guy who could call Tony or could call. And this is a big thing with the shield. But instead, he talks to Patty McGee here. But beep, boop, boop. All right, this is it, and gives him a name. His friend from art school. He'll help him out. Yeah. And what what we get? So here's the information we get that previously, what we knew was that the shield was designed by this guy named Myron McLean, and that was existing continuity. Yeah, that's what we always but now. Know. Now it says that Doctor David Agboje, I think, is the name, and that must be the guy we saw at the beginning of issue one. He's the one who. He's listed as the Shields designer on the old requisition paperwork. So what's the difference between designer and industrial design? I don't know. But here's the new guy. Here's the new guy. This is going to connect to this alien deal, I guess. But 
when you do this, again, this is like the idea where you have Lansing and Kelly. And I think that they're looking at like the big dogs, like, oh, my God, that that Donnie Cates, he comes into a book and he, ch- he finds something neat from the past and he changes it up. Donald Blake, oh, my God, he's insane mm-hmm. because he hasn't switched. And I think that they're trying to do that, but it's so over the top and ridiculous that I'm kind of, oh, I kind of laugh goes at over it. Over right? the top. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I laugh at it, but I don't know that that's what I think they're trying to do this clever deal that a lot, Jason Aaron, I already mentioned, that's what a lot of these writers recently want to do. They want to change the mythos. They want to make the mark. something, make the deal. I don't know that this is going to stick. I don't know because you get this like, oh, a name. We don't know anything. We'll see what that means. Well, then we go off and I'm like, Steve is there. With the kid that is in right. his so building that was, Amari. That was the first kind of out of nowhere coincidence. Oh, this guy happens to get this name. <laughs> this might be big coincidence number one. But that's that's the second <laughs> yeah. biggest coincidence. Yeah, Here comes yeah. the this first biggest so coincidence. Crazy. So he's he's teaching uh, this this one kid's name, which Amari. is Amani, Amari, Amari something yep. like that. Right. He's like his next door neighbor in the apartment building who was getting picked on, getting beat up. So he's going to throw him how to how to throw a punch, how to throw a haymaker specifically. You know, just. One big punch. This is another thing. Steve's like, what? You're being bullied? All right, I'm going to show you how to kill a man. And when they're <laughs> doing this, I'm like, ask him first what's going on. Because a lot of times these things, I, it's not going to be the case. But a lot of times you find out that these guys saying that are actually the bullies. Nobody likes. Or, like, find out what's happening. Maybe Is, talk is to there them. some underlying thing going on where, you know, some, you know, sometimes punching the bully in the face will fix your problems. But a lot of times it really works. <laughs> well, and that's, I actually like this idea if you played it. You want to play a man out of time, all that. Back in Steve's day, like, what did we do to a bully? We punch him right in the face. It's kind of gotten better since then. And you may, like, this kid's going to get kicked out of school. His life's ruined. I mean, what's gonna, he's going to get arrested. Back in the 40s, 30s, you end up like a bully. Hey, that's schoolyard justice. Take it to him. Nowadays, you get arrested. You're down and you, it's bad. So he's. I wanted him to say at least one thing. Hey, I'll teach you how to throw a punch, but you might not need to do it. He tells him, put all your power into this one punch. And the kid says, right, all the power, like the forge. Yeah. Like, wait, the forge? What? This was mentioned on those secret yeah. secret uh, you know, messages they got way back when. Yeah, which they and, couldn't oh, figure yeah, out, right? I was repeating, oh, yeah. And the kid, who, who apparently you know reads the Wall Street Journal, The Economist- he says, yeah, it's this power station in Germany. Here's the worst play here. And this is how forced he is. Because you have this little kid, he's boxing. Hey, you know, it's not you know, like the forge. What do you mean? Like, oh, my mom, she's an electrician. She really likes that sort of thing. She told me or talked about the news. I mean, there's so many down the lanes here of the right, forge in Germany. This, this way to get this kid to mention the forge. This kid is the one that actually, without him, this whole issue just shuts down. It's a kid that lives in the building whose mom's an electrician oh, and that he, ends up, it's he, so he crazy. He tells, I mean, I actually hope this kid turns out to be in on it, right? He's like an alien in disguise or something because I it's- I don't think so. Wait, I don't I think don't so, think but so. I would like it. Yeah. I hope so. Oh, I'm telling you, Steve comes back from Germany, this kid's in jail. He ended up beating yeah, everybody so up. We, we turn the page and Steve's in Germany. He talks about this- He's right outside the forge, and it says it's both experimental and also it powers half of Europe. So I don't know how it can be both those things at the same time. I will tell you one thing, too. Lansing and Kelly, back in the day, they did the, and I said this in the Slack chat, uh, they did uh, some of the Batman and Robin Eternal. And when they showed up for their issues, I, I, I lost my mind on the podcast because throughout one of the issues, all they kept mentioning was Batman shark repellent, Batman shark repellent. And it always felt like, 
And I said, this is the, you know, kind of the short track to saying, hey, I know things. I'm like you. I'm a fan. And it threw me off in this. I don't need everything to lead to Hitler. I mean, you end up where, hey, buddy, the destroyer. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he liked to fight. He says it to the kid. There's this weird aside where Steve's like narrating to himself. And he talks about, oh, you know, yeah, Germany used to be a bad place. But yeah, they seem to be. Now they're the bully who learned the lesson. So now they're trying to So we get back. that bully deal okay. in that he tells, you know, Amari, man, you should have seen me hit that Hitler jerk earlier than the destroyer <laughs> guy. He says, man. I didn't meet anybody who liked to beat up Nazis like yo. I mean, he just keeps throwing that out. I'm telling he goes to the market and they're like, hey, that'll be, you know, 1322. Hey, that was my division when I was kicking the crap out of Hitler. Be <laughs> like, get out of town. And so when he goes to this though, like he said, there's that weird duration. Experimental, but it's already powering <laughs> Europe. And so with that too, it's like, this seems like it's on the up and up. Yeah, it might be the but who's looking into this then? Even the progression as, does he jump 300 feet in the air? Is that what happens? Yeah, it looks, it looks like he, he uh, jumps straight up. Super I soldier. I mean, super soldier serum and all, but okay. And he gets there exactly to the second on time, right? There's there's no like staking out this location, waiting for something to happen. No. He arrives. There's already a hostage situation. I don't know about hostage, but these uh, military guys in black have already taken over. They've got all the workers there in the middle. I don't know if they're going to shoot him or what. Right in the nick of time. If Amari's boxing lesson had been one day later, these people would be dead. They're all dead. And, and half of Europe's gone dark. The place itself looks so run down when he gets there. It's all right. Like, it looks like walls are falling apart. It doesn't look shiny and new. No, it's supposed this, to be this should be new. Green power. There is more smoke and, coming out of this oh green my God. power plant. I mean, seriously, they're like, this is like <laughs> You the, can practically see dead birds plummeting from the sky around. This is it's, the it Seinfeld deal with the fat-free yogurt, the frozen yeah, it looks yogurt. Like, like, it looks like Pittsburgh in the 1950s. There's troubles here. Also, when you think of this, I understand that you're going experimental in green, but it looks like you got like six people there. There's nobody even involved with like a security team, it looks. I don't know. But you end up having the squad of bad guys that, I don't mind this. I like the idea that you have people from all over. Whoever this big, big bad is, Which, they're grabbing different things. I don't things. mind it, but it's a thing that's been already it's happening a, it a happens lot. all the, the time. Ex, on, on the X side of things, right now it's happening a lot. And to see it one more time, it does feel this happens like with, we've with just everything. seen this. In that, I, I wonder how people feel about the idea because you know, you had all that stuff with Steve mm -hmm. and S.H.I.E.L.D. going down. I kind of wish they just, let's get back to these organizations fully. And because yeah, well, you're just going to keep the, getting this the, idea. The twist here is that it's not only HYDRA people and the HAND people and AIM. It's also people who are from the side we, at least Steve thought, were the good guys. He sees this this one person, I forget it's what his Agent name Ortiz. is. Agent Ortiz. Agent Ortiz, yeah. yes. Big Poppy, right. Yep. Who he's fought with yes. before on the same side. He knows him to be a good guy. But now this is the one where he says, what are you doing? And Ortiz says, I'm, I'm following orders. I, we all are. Like, it seems, they call this the, the tithe. Tithe, yeah. And they say that. As, which is, you know, the idea that, you know, in certain religions, you're supposed to give a tenth or whatever percentage of your money you got to just put it aside and give it to the church. So the idea is like all, all these organizations, apparently it's like a protection racket I, is what I'm guessing that I think you want to be an organization. Vacuum, you know, you and or, well, I think they're supposed to go back a long time. I don't think this it supposed is, to be but new. I don't think that this is anything that, you know, a guy from these, I think that all these organizations are kind of going down. So they're just joining up. That's why there's so many of them. I don't know. I think that they played the game above, but the idea that now they're kind of, 
making themselves known. If this was more known, if it was like a court of the owls and they were really on the deal, one of these heroes would have heard about this before. It couldn't have been. I think that they were in the background. I think we're going to get because we even get a vote. I think they were there and everything was going fine. But we really control in the darkness, almost like a religious type deal. And now they have to kind of step it up a little more because of all these organizations going down, maybe. I don't know. But if this was happening in like since, you know, the dawn of time, somebody would have heard about this because the guys that are there are not exactly the guys who, you know, would keep a secret for everybody. But I don't know. We'll have to see because, I mean, this progression. But, but then, right. It's crazy. Then, so he, he beats up all the bad guys because he's captain. That's what he does. They call in. Uh, they, they turn the page and we see it's a UFO, I, I, giant uh, Independence Day size UFO, big round thing. But it's not just a UFO; <laughs> it's it's a shield. It's a shield. It's, as a UFO. it's not colored in, but it's all silver. But it's the exact same pattern: the rings and the star. And it's this huge ass UFO coming right over his head. And I I did laugh when I turned that page because come on. In this that's ridiculous. I mean, it's out of nowhere, this huge thing. So I'm looking at this. Oh my God, Cap, they stole your symbol. Get a hold of Jerry Jones, because they stole his symbol too. And also the Dallas <laughs> Star, you know, all these things like there's other things with stars and going Betsy on. Betsy Ross, then, they stole your yeah, symbol. Yeah, I mean, everybody's upset. Oh, my God, what's Jerry going to do? I mean, he gets all upset about these things. Probably will mm. file a lawsuit, copyright infringement there on these guys, but they might have a grandfather clause. But you end up in this idea of having it being, oh, the secret society and all this. You do end up having. And this actually, if, if anything, when I read Lansing and Kelly, there are some times where it reminds me of other writers. I don't think that in my mind they have fully gotten their own thing that i can say except for narration boxes maybe but this felt like a we said court of owls this feels very scott snyder-esque in my mind where you have this like we're gonna have the vote what say you the machine and the and i just like all yeah, right a, you know this is a cool looking page i it like is it cool looking are, i just and mm. we don't know are they all in this are they inside the ufo is that where they are they have different things that they're looking at so i don't they, know well, they I, have, and it's they have like different stained glass behind them yeah but i don't know what that but means i, I can't or tell if they're in different places like on the radio or if they're all you, if inside they're all in the that UFO. machine and that that whole deal with the ufo it's like me texting my wife from the floor below Hey, honey, what's up? I mean, like, we can't tell. They might all be facing each other in the same room, or we're just turning the camera. We don't yeah, know the geography. I mean, the here. one guy's but looking see... at that stained glass. He's like full out. Maybe, maybe he isn't. Maybe he is looking towards us. Maybe they are behind. Yeah, but... I think they're all looking towards us. They're just in shadows. And you get see the names faces. from earlier where you got right, those the machine, things. the money, the power. They all vote yes. Then we get love, who abstains, which sounds like a political statement. You know, true love waits. And then we have the revolution votes, yes. And that's the guy we saw at the end of the last issue. Remember? We had, he's in that black background talking about all these I revolutionary things. I think this is supposed to be more intriguing than it is. I'm not really intrigued by this. No, I, I really I, am not I'm, at all. I'm, I'm, I think I'm more intrigued than you are. I think it's kind of silly and ridiculous. But it's, it's an organization in a shield spaceship that comes out of <laughs> nowhere as Cap's attacking and then looks like we're going to get attacked by the shield man who comes mm, well, down his, out of that. And I just, I, I think it's just too silly to, yeah, for me to be intrigued or think it's anything, you know, they, almost like they want to play yeah, they, they, over the they top silly. they authorize redaction, and so this big UFO kind of poops out this metal little turd there, and it, and that's where this, well, I don't know, is he a robot? Is he an alien? Is he an alien robot? All we see is the moment of impact as he hits Steve's shield. And I guess we'll see what happens next time because that is all we see of Steve Rogers. And then Steve yells, you want my symbol? Come and take it. I'm like, hmm. 
Let's see. And he ends up yeah, I, I think it it's trying to get the people who like that 300 movie. That's the big, Maybe. big line just, The thing is, what, you know, you grab them. That's old people's movies by now. Where's Luke Hollywood? That's so far removed. But when you get that, it's like, all right, do I care that? Like, again, there's where you see the spaceship with the star on. I already said there's so many other things with stars. We already know that Cap made his own. Just silly. I think it's very silly. It doesn't intrigue me. But. At the end, I said earlier, I love the Bucky style. I, I don't know why. I, I like Bucky actually hmm. more than Cap. But I like that he's on this case where this seems more intriguing than a spaceship that looks like the shield to me. Because he goes to Marjorie He gets in on this gambling deal. I like where he's like very pompous and up. And they're like, well, you don't need to come in and announce things and stuff, whatever. But he is making that scene because at the end, he asks, who do you really work for? Peggy Carter. And she's there at the table sneering. Yeah, at him. he he busts his way into this baccarat game, and you know everyone else is being very low key, and you know we're classy gambling people, and he just flat out asks the dealer, you know, yeah. I want you to tell me what's going on here. I, this is where I found you. Tell me what's up. And the dealer's like, not here, not now, not like this. But he just says, yeah, who do you really work for, Peggy Carter? Peggy Carter. That's and we crazy. see she is not pleased with yeah. him. And earlier he says his name and she even says, we don't tell names here. Like, that's not the deal. And then he says, and she's mad. But we'll have to see what that all means and how that goes forward. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I got I got lost in Peggy Carter continuity because I guess she was dead. But I, I guess in the Ta-Nehisi Coates, here's him again, in his Captain America run, they announced that she had been brought back kind of as a side effect of that cosmic cube nonsense had the cosmic cube deal that brought her back and then you know over the yeah, years and then she was she's, she's tied things. into all sorts of mystic you know groups like again very core to the owls you know in operating in the background so we'll have to see what so, that means and how that goes and what the reaction would be from steve all that stuff if he blends out so yeah again i like this a little more but some of the things are for us and really by the end I might just be like, okay, I'm not intrigued. I'm not. I'm telling you, it's so goofy. But maybe I'm like, yeah, I'll see how goofy it gets. Let's see what's going on. Steve's able to do some things. But if you keep going with this, you know, that's my symbol. It's starting to get back. Tony C. Coates, again, this was our joke on the podcast. The little times that we did review it was, they hate my face. They hate my face. You just kept getting it. And I kind of want to just, again, like the black panther i want to have steve do some things but at least he's doing them here you know you, you get more than oh, what yeah. you got in the black panther but i just worry that we're just about like we're at the cliff where you might fall off to just nonsense and it, could. it really was i mean aliens a, and- a certain amount of silliness makes a comic book makes it fun makes it what it is right we don't want super serious comic books all the time but you go too far, it, it's hard to like, take serious. If you just take away that, <laughs> out of nowhere, it's just there. <laughs> this big giant shield spaceship, like the intrigue, like if you would be like, okay, I got to figure this out. And then you have those, you know, ah, the machine we redact. Oh, the money we second the motion, like that sort of thing. That's more mm-hmm. intriguing than had that guy show up. And I'm like, ooh, what does this mean? But just that page, like almost like they think that's a wow moment. I'm just looking well, it, at it, I'm like, what the it heck? It does is that? tell us it, it raises the scale of things, right? It's not they don't only have this we communicate over radio waves and we're we're playing this game. 
we run a huge old UFO. I'm looking at that now. I'm wondering why they run the numbers deal in the stations on old CB radios. But (laughs) in this, like the old deal is just, it's way too much. My guess is they, they did that because they wanted Steve to get involved. Because at one point when he attacks, they say he's here. Yeah, they say, I think they could have just went right to him and said, hey, meet us here. I mean, I don't know why the centrifuge of like, Let's see if he's smart enough. Let's do this. It's just kind of silly. But that that spaceship is way over the top silly. But uh, what would you give it at the end? There was too many coincidences in this book. And some of the characterization is silly. But I'm having a good enough time. I'll give this a 7.5 I'm giving it a, a 7. I, I, again, it's so silly that I can kind of like just giggle and go with it. But so many like, hey there, what? Oh, I actually not am just in your class here doing the art but i also have a secret you know database that gets every oh here's a name and then the kid just i remember it's just weird like you could have figured out better ways to progress you could have even just had you know the team with the radio deal the club they could have just figured it out i mean that would have been give them some props at this point they are so stumped and the forge is solved by a kid who just happened to hear his mom talk about this thing on the news. Yeah, I, I mean, cl- clearly Lansing and Kelly want these new side characters want them to, to get be some, some sort of importance, but it's so crazy. Yeah. Steve better buy this kid something, you know, for doing all this. But with all that, that is it. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Amazing Spider-Man number that five. That is mine as well. What is your cover of the week? My cover of the week is Carnage, number four, cover by Kendrick Kunkka Lim. Okay, mine is Ghost Rider, number four. I think that that's a pretty cool cover, and it's by KL Anu. So we have that, and it's a pretty cool cover, very horrific. Not as horrific as inside that issue, which if you want to hear us talk about both Carnage and the Ghost Rider, that was on our Patreon spotlight podcast picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. So they ended up picking that. We had some fun talking about that nonsense. And we, we like the stuff <laughs> enough. But boy, that got really horrific. That Ghost Rider, really crazy. But Maybe not quite as bad as that one Punisher issue we read recently, but right yeah, up Pretty there. bad. But uh, with that, too, go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Get reviews, written reviews for most of these. Gabe did a bunch of the stuff that we did this week so you could see his spin. I think he was a little more positive with most of the books than we were, so that's kind of cool. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a lot of things, including the Spotlight show that we already talked about, but some other Marvel-based and just in general comic stuff. So Yeah, and there's been a lot of uh, there's been extra indie books you've been doing lately. Yeah, so yeah, that, we have an indie comics podcast as well that we just started yesterday, me and Rocky, and then I have some mm-hmm. stuff like a Spawn reading yeah, club. You're, 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 yeah, yeah, we're going to have some spawn things coming up. Of, Hellboy yeah. as well that I do with my man Simon. Mm-hmm. All that these was fun. Things. I listened to that one. Yeah, we just add stuff. Hey, well, let's do this. It's going to get Why to not? a tipping point at one point. But hey, I think actually one of the reasons I slept in this morning I was going to say, a tipping point, you say. I was up way late doing that indie thing. I didn't think it was going to take so long. But as I say this now, because of that, I know that it's getting a little late for you. I now have to, I think, edit four podcasts. So it's going to be a late night here. So I'm going to get going. But with all of that, what do we say at the end of the podcast? What we say is, hey, everybody, have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we will see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution.
and the revolution. It's the revolution. How dare you?